You are listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And today, despite all the fantastic interviews we've been doing lately, really been having a great time talking to a lot of cool and exciting artists, we decided to talk about an album. A classic noise album, you could say, in the form of Purification to Numbness on Pure. By the one and only Obe. And yes, a lot of interviews going, a lot of interviews lined up for the coming weeks, but always good to jump back and cover an album and in our quest to cover all the Pure CDs. This is certainly a top, top one. And since it has been a while doing a lot of interviews and haven't done that recent listening too much recently, that will be our extra segment today on the Patreon feed. So we will be having a lot of recent listening because it has been a few weeks since we've discussed any and seen some shows, listened to some albums. We will be discussing them all over on the Patreon after we discuss this classic 1994 Pure CD. And it has been a while since we've revisited Ob on the main feed over here. We've done some Ob 7 Inches for sure. But we did an episode on Spindrift way back a few years ago. And never a bad time to revisit Ob as we were all massive fans of Akafumi Nakajima's project and label, of course, Gross. This one was in my famous, infamous, said many times, first Triple R order. <laughs> and the three pure CDs were Obe, Masana, and MSBR. So we have now covered once this episode is done we haven't done it yet we're about to we'll have covered all those three cds that were ordered by me long ago in lexington kentucky from the triple r catalog wait is this the original one that you got of or has it been repurchased it it's in good shape i am repurchased proud. are you kidding me proud i would both never of us, get honestly. rid of well, I didn't think you got rid of it, but we've shredded many a That disc. is true. That is true. CDs Sometimes. are like fair play because you can just throw them in the car and mutilate them. I mean, Gray's seen the loose stacks of CDs <laughs> in our vehicles over the years. It's diabolical to Absolutely. say the least. Absolutely. Just found myself a loose CD today and thought of you guys. Nice. Aww. There you go. <laughs> I'm always proud of myself when I open a CD, like a jewel case, and there's a CD in there, and it's the CD that's supposed to be in there. I'm like, God, I'm so good. Yeah, well, I guess no, you didn't congrats. have certain friends DJing your place in the mid-2000s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I I feel I have regret for, oh, I, you know, look, I have oh, oh, there's a lot of regrets yeah. in life, isn't there? And the we older learn we our get, lessons in different ways throughout <laughs> The years. would be one of those regrets something i yeah. thought was very funny at the time and i can see why it wasn't funny and it would be something that i would not like someone to do so perchance rude I, and classless seems like something you would do not to a a bestie yes but to an enemy exactly so i do <laughs> i i will always apologize for that bad prank that i was participated in with your cds gray and i hope someday you will fully forgive me. And it fully contributed we'll to us adopting a no pranking policy 
Yes, I mean there was that that there was a no pranking policy that did occur, and I'm very glad because it's stressful and they're ridiculous and they're stupid. But sometimes in the moment it feels good. But I'm I'm I'm. I like I mean, the new it's lifestyle. Been years, but it was yeah. there was a time where that was just a full a full stop cut off because it's just annoying. They went too far. Yeah, it's just annoying. So this but was yes. this was a one that you grabbed early on. This was one I. Bought at record collector almost certainly which totally makes sense so so the, you know all as we mentioned these things but yes this has traveled with me from my dorm room in lexington kentucky in 1998 all the way to los angeles and from your dorm room to your bachelor pad to our weird domiciles that's correct and boy if it doesn't sound better than ever today, this was a great listen and diving into the world of Obe is something we always enjoy doing. And in addition to listening to this, we did watch the luminescence VHS and Tara had a reaction to it. Actually, I got, I got really, well, you got, uh, there was a, something, there's a word for it. It's flicker vertigo. Tara is got what it would be Tara called. got flicker vertigo and actually did have to look away because it was overriding her senses. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I, so, so here's the thing, you know, I love the project of Obe. I get inspired in so many ways, like the, the clean, beautiful design of gross and the exciting titles, you know, purification to numbness, oh, Mike, I really understand why you chose this love because it. like you, you read that and you're like, yeah, I want that one. Totally. A hundred percent. You know, that was this one. I, I definitely knew, I, I knew of Ob through Japanese American noise mm -hmm. treaty, but when going through it a hundred percent, it was the name yeah. purification. Numbness. I thought it was such a great title. So that's what, had me pick the Obe CD. And, and yeah. Luminous is, is an exciting thing. Like when you think of noise like that, that whole project using uh, light tubes, as we would call them in wrestling. Or, or the, the, the using that as the source material. Yes. So the tape is luminous, but the VHS is luminescent. Yes. So yeah. then we watched Luminescence and, you know, I assume it'll be something along those lines. So when it started out, we watched it pretty fairly early, like right after we woke up. Yeah. So already I was like, oh my God, this is almost too bright for me to watch. So then I had Mike turn out all the lights. I thought it was just the brightness of it. And I right. was thinking of, you know, fluorescent light tubes and reactions. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go with it. So I put on blue blocking lights. We turned out all the lights. And as like the words dissolved, I felt myself getting nauseated. And then the more it started, you know, that flickering and it, and it is very ethereal, but it's, it's lo-fi flickering. Right, the v VHS yeah, effect you can quality see of the, the great the 90s noise. The rippling in the corners. Uh, and I was just like, yep, I'm just going to throw up. Like, I started getting dizzy. I started getting nauseated. I tried to turn away and then absolutely got sick. So then I looked up the name for that because I know that I am one to pass out. Like, Mike has witnessed it. Gray has witnessed it. If you put me in a room with strobe lights, I'm going to throw up or pass out. One of the two is probably going to happen. You, you, well, I will say I'm you have been now. a lot better. Yeah, yeah. I'm better than I used to be. However, uh, I, I wanted to see why this happens uh, to people. Uh, you know, again, I know mine's related to like the my vagus nerve, but flicker vertigo is, is effective because 
when the flashing is from one hertz to 20 hertz, it's approximating your brain waves. And so you can make certain flickering that is is causing, you know, confusion. It can cause muscle rigidity. It can cause rapid eye movement when you close your eyes. It can cause all these uh, different symptoms. And I was reading about how it was related and studied at first to helicopter pilots and passengers. Oh, because of the... Because when you look up through the helicopter blades, you get this flickering sensation. And so when a few helicopter crashes were investigated, they were trying to discern whether or not the flickering of lights had caused the pilot to go unconscious due to flicker vertigo. So I thought that was fascinating. It's fun to read about. And then I really enjoyed reading about... This LED flashlight, like, um, you, you know, when people can do an SOS on a flashlight and it makes a flicker, it had the proper flicker pattern that would make people throw up. So like you would hold, turn on this flashlight and use it and the flickering rate would cause most people who viewed it to just puke. So then it led to developing weapons, non-lethal weapons involving flashing lights that cause flicker vertigo so it is actually a non-lethal weapon that's used by the military well also apparently used by oh, oh because yeah, it know, definitely right? affected oh, you me, that way i've been so nauseated ever since it's yeah 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 wild. it was a good way to start uh, i'm glad that uh we did that and i'm glad that i amazing. set off i mean it, how often do you get that visceral response well it is amazing too and I, that vhs is so great too because the it's got all the effects over in the light and the flickering, but then at a certain point you see that fading in, you see that it's, it's a live performance at first. You don't catch that because, but then you see him and he's got sunglasses on. And then there's two other guys at a certain point. You see it again. It sort of keeps unfolding as the VHS goes on, but then there's two other guys. What it seems like they're getting the sound from this bed of light tubes mm-hmm. that is going on and off. I'm not hundred percent sure who those, who is doing that, but you can see, and then obes behind and it and looks I, so incredible. And I was wondering, because I know wasn't luminous first made for an art installation involving fluorescent lights. It's probably what this was. So I was wondering yeah. if it was either that installation or if it had something to do with that artist who was doing It's footage of the installation. I believe it's uh, Luminous Installations and Performances by Arichi and Sasaoka. Okay, there and you go. So is, that yeah. so that's where that's the what the VHS I, is. I couldn't really see it, so I apologize. Well, yeah, I, mean, I only I, got I to a certain it. It point. I was, it didn't affect me in the way it yeah, affected Tara. I, I but. looked over when Mike said, oh, look, are, look, are they doing something with these light tubes? And I was like, whoop. So I did a, a Connolly, actually, which huh? is, I put this on while listening to Purification to Numbness instead oh, of right. oh, so, cool. so, so, so it was my soundtrack. It was my visuals to, to this CD. Can you see why it could have affected someone Absolutely. the way it affected Tara? Right? Yeah, it's it's there's no uh, black on the screen in this either. No. It's like always some shade of gray and light and flickering. And even yeah. when you're watching the performance, it's overlaid with some of the footage of the fl- flashing lights <laughs> and just the VHS nature of it makes it already look really grainy and weird and scan lines and all of this. So yeah, it's, I can definitely see it uh, inducing some sort of vertigo in someone who's prone to that. 
Not me, I'm though. literally, I'm getting yeah. nauseated, like, discussing this right Maybe now. Maybe we're going to get live <laughs> nausea oh on God. air. Recreation well, you of got it. Mortuary Servants <laughs> 7-inch cover. Yeah, I can record it. It'd be fantastic. Everybody loves that sound. But it was a, it was a cool way and in a way the, just the physicality of it I know brutal and Tara putting up with the brunt of it but it does demonstrate what this can do and the the psychological and physical effects mm-hmm. of noise and of abstract images and how they can play with your brain play with your stomach in in bad ways or in good ways yeah yeah and- And really reinforces that the concept behind abstract sound can elevate it to such an extent. Like I, I, I get really engaged with Obe and I, I, I probably go down far too many flights of fancy uh, while listening to Obe because I'm really intrigued by his approach, his concepts, you know, he described himself as a designer and that his his sounds aren't really he doesn't describe it as music he says they're designs you know and and he has when asked about his influence he generally says everything that is influencing him is completely unconscious and that in using instruments to create his sound designs he's he's using very limited palettes using limited objects limited sources and i know you know it's been a long time since we have just discussed Obe, so we can just say some of the sources would be water, Kyoto, voltage-controlled oscillator, steel wire, magnetic resonance spectroscopy, monophonic analog synthesizer, metal, heartbeats, glow and fluorescent lamps, small speakers, brainwave, electroencephalograms, Bibles, fire, bell, glass, earth, and air. Like, like so many elemental things and then also really pared down electronic equipment that are reading waves. Yeah, absolutely. And of course the idea of the single source Mm -hmm. being so strong throughout Obe's discography and this particular one being the VCO oscillator, a single VCO oscillator. I was thinking about when I saw him live in 2001 and trying to remember what he used. And so I looked up, he did a CD of three live performances in Michigan, one at Dillaway's house, one on the radio and one at CPOP. And he was using a software synthesizer. That's what's credited as the source of it. I remember it being fairly similar to this material in terms of using a single source and maybe that being an oscillator. And he did have a laptop at that performance and also like a processing, like a processing unit and some pedals. There's actually six minutes of that set up on YouTube, thanks to Devin Brainerd, who brought him out to Detroit and Time Stereo. So I'll uh, I'll add that to the description. You can go see uh, mm. and that video was uploaded 14 years ago. So amazing. Wow. Of a amazing. performance 22 years ago. I, I love that it's archived there. Like I can see this thing that I saw in person. Yeah, that's so great. And unfortunately, Tara and I never did get to see Obe live. So, so, so great that you did get to that. And so great so cool. with Davin bringing a lot of the Japanese artists over to Michigan. So you did get a chance to see. Davin affected our lives. Yeah, even, even, even 
even indirectly as far as Gray getting to see these and, and years later getting to talk about them on Noise Extra. But one thing I think about when I think about Ob is the cold nature of Ob's recordings. And with the first track here, Elementary Particle, immediately a cold and searing mechanical in design sound is rising and we are immediately in Obe's territory. It just starts off screaming and distorted. And yeah, it is this rising sound with this low intermittent little interruptions or bursts to it. And 17 minute track, the shortest track on the CD, which yeah, is also yeah. pretty wild. This thing clocks in at just over an hour. And yep. It is a hell of a ride because the three tracks are very distinct while still using the totally. same source. And on this one, that intro just gets you in the zone and it it's a wailing that you're hearing from this oscillator and his processing. Oh. But the manipulation of it is so special and so unusual that like I have notes here that around seven minutes, it sounds like scrap metal. It sounds like he's playing mm -hmm. junk metal. And uh, just a few minutes later at 11 minutes, it's very formant, very vocal sounding, like you're hearing words almost. And it just continues on with that, even throughout towards the end of the piece. It's really this fuzzy, buzzing sound and the layers in it and the manipulation of it and just trying to picture him because he always seems so stoic when you're looking at yeah. live footage. And I can hear him cranking that knob. I can hear him cranking that frequency knob, but I cannot picture it. I'm trying to picture it and I just can't picture the the wailing on that frequency knob like i know he must have been to get these sounds dude i know exactly what you mean we had a lot of similar feelings and yeah, the, the and phantom voices yeah tara brought that up as we're listening this is one where we did have we talked a little bit what we were hearing sometimes we don't and wait for the podcast sometimes we have a conversation and that we this one we did and tara was saying that she felt she was hearing voices throughout yeah, and you know, the thing that strikes me upon this listen to are so many things about, oh, but I know that this is very inorganic and the sounds are inorganic. It doesn't sound like anything in nature, but but even in this first try, it feels very natural. Yeah, and I, in my mind, that's simply how he interacts with mm -hmm. these sources and how he puts these sources through his communication tools, his pedals, mm -hmm. sampler, looper, whatever he's using at this time. And I was really taken to that thought, Tara, because of something you looked up prior to us listening to this. And it's something that I took throughout our listen of oh, yeah. this album. Well, you know, I would love to discuss that, but first I have to address elementary particles. Go for it. Uh, again, the Michelle Hobeck novel? <laughs> no, the, the title. <laughs> Get very excited. Uh that the he's calling on to to particles for this track, for the last track, and then and then giving it a twist. Um, but just the when I say I was on flights of fancy, you know, sometimes you hear things and you don't really absorb them or think about them or get interested in them until you have a, a good context. And I was thinking about 
elementary particles. They are the building blocks of matter. They're the smallest known building blocks of the universe and potentially they have no internal structure. Now, has science said that things have no internal structure before and then discovered their internal structure? Absolutely. That has definitely happened. But one way that elemental particles are described as they have zero dimensions. They're points that take up zero space. So it's only property that it possesses is its own location. So the so I like thinking about Ob out of nothing, taking the elementary particle yeah. and feeding it into the human petal of Ob and then yes. coming out his actual petals. And just, just the process of where that takes your mind when you start thinking about all the different things and how they can be connected with Ob's sounds. And the... And it takes me to like the extreme minimalism. You know, if he's asked, is your work minimal? He'll say, I, I, you could probably describe it as such. Yeah. I always say minimal maximalism, right? Yeah. Cause, Cause it is minimal, right? Single source. But then he takes that minimalism and pushes it and it's gone, to the maximum. It's gone microscopic. Yeah. But then that makes everything else just so huge. Yeah. And I, and I really love that. And then the way that he's representing chaos you know, here, I think it's just, it's just so nice. Like it's a, it's a clear as a bell chaos that just opens itself up naturally. This is the least chaotic of the pieces. Totally. Mm -hmm. This yeah, is totally. like, this one feels the most like his work in some way. There's layers, there's processing, there's a fairly deliberate pace and tonal shifts in it. The next two pieces are definitely more chaotic and uh, even especially the last piece the yes. closest to like all out harsh noise i feel like we often get from him which is quite a treat yeah uh, it's uh, so harsh and he's harsh is beautiful a hundred percent gray i we're right there with you on this listen and the actually the the second track the title track purification is i feel that it starts less chaotic just that if hissing you're, noise you're, yeah you're lulled into a, a sense of it, it's 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 finding its place that hissing it's floating and then the, there's feedback that's hanging from the rafters in the empty room or a tone that is acting as feedback uh, tone building to overtake is written in my notes here that's exactly is, yeah. what it is <laughs> it is going to overtake because that that you that sense of calmness or reflectiveness is going to be shattered at a certain point, just completely shattered. Well, I, you know, I was thinking when this, this started again, that that spinning sensation is happening. Like, like something being reeled in endlessly that, that, that light static. And, you know, I was just envisioning a spinning saw that's cutting nothing. And then when we get those high glass-like tones, it's like the saw is finally cutting through something. It's, it's very staggering. This one, after the tone starts building and becoming more of the forefront over the top of that static, the the resonant metal sounds in it, it, it sounds like bowed metal. It reminded me of the U.S. steel cello ensemble oh, or something wow. like yeah. that, or the Bertoia records, like something that it's this manipulated ringing metal tone in it. And then... Kindly, we'll talk about the uh, the rug pull. Oh yeah, and, you, and six yeah. minutes in, 
Ain't Boom. no rug. It's it's now over our heads because it's this nasty high end. I was so zoned out and focused in on this droning, these droning metal sounds from this oscillator and the the mild background as the static noise had been yep. pushed down, and then high piercing nasty tone, and then the piece comes back, but instead of being pleasant as it was for the first six minutes. It's more dissonant and sinister sounding. It's yes. got this like really nasty tone to it, and it's moving closer to closer and closer to all out harshness with these high end interruptions. Absolutely. It gets total chaos element going into numbness. You you're you're lulled into the sense of what you think the numbness might be, but then you realize that it is going to be this chaos that is going to turn you numb. And Oh, interesting. Tara, you were looking up a scientific theory postulation. I don't know what the word is, but the idea that inorganic things or something like elements that Ob would use as single sources that may or may not have consciousness or some sort Related of consciousness, to consciousness. Okay. that we don't understand. So truly, the I was thinking about the track title for the third piece, and that is Elementally Particle. I'm like, oh, mentally particle. So, you know, I started thinking about if anybody has studied the consciousness of individual particles, and then I kind of leapt off from there, mostly looking for not, not something esoteric, but something that people are legitimately trying to study. Right. And so again, there is, there is a group of scientists studying panpsychism, which is the idea that every particle in existence has a form of consciousness. Uh, and so then I got to integrated information theory which argues that something will have a form of consciousness if the information contained within the structure is sufficiently integrated or unified. And so the whole is more than the sum of its parts because it applies to all structures, not just the human brain. Integrated information theory shares the panpsychist view that physical matter has an innate conscious experience. So I like the idea that when Ob takes a source and integrates it into his setup. Yes. It is then creating the consciousness of the source. So in this case it's the VCO or in spin drift it's water or etc. Yeah. This living entity has come about and it's the voice yeah. of the source that he's using. And so that's maybe the voices we were hearing but for me in this track the the voice was that feedback and that high tone that's trying to push the conversation into a new area. So you're getting that lulled into calmness and then the feedback is pushing the conversation into a completely different direction into this total chaos and it, and then it keeps fighting itself because then the feedback will then come back and then the the bed will show itself but then the feedback will cut back in again and then you go to this new area so i was saying that it was pushing it, it had become conscious through his setup and then is pushing <laughs> everything around consciously. And I, I enjoy 
just the the paths that you go down when thinking about this, much like trees communicating through mycelium. So if you think like, do trees have consciousness? Most people would say, no, trees don't have consciousness. But then through the network of, you know, fungal tentacles, let's say the mycelium, they can communicate different things. Like they can communicate that there's an invasive species coming in. They can communicate disease. They can transmit other um, minerals that might be lacking in their soil to other trees. So therefore they are communicating. So does that mean they have consciousness through that communication? And that's where we are with this situation. And then thinking about quantum entanglement where particles that we think of as individual particles are intertwined on a, on a particle level so that we may not perceive them as being two separate entities. However, they are one. And so if you change one, the other changes, If the spin on one particle changes, the spin on the other particle changes, because even though we think of them as two things, it doesn't matter what we think uh, because quantum mechanics have other things to say about it. And in this case, the, communication that is the feedback is attempting to get through is that it wants full noise ridden obe and that's how this track ends and how the final track not only begins but continues for 25 minutes mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the end of purification and numbness. Uh, one thing I didn't mention, but I love that the title has the word pure in it or is stemmed from the word pure yes. for a pure CD, right? I don't know that that happens on any of the other discs. So I, I, I do like that little, just little thing that he did that, that I don't know. So it, great. It, a little, little inside joke with himself or something or just a reference to, or just a reference to being on, on the label. And the track ends to me sounding like a, a pack of hyenas it's, Dude, it's so insane. harsh mm -hmm. and giggly yeah. and just chaotic wild and modulated like all over the place i love it i love it and then yes elementally particle i my first words in my notes are so busy it just immediately yeah. starts oh. with that full-fledged noise i can't tell how many layers are going on i can't <laughs> count them whereas i may be able to pay attention to a few different layers and the other pieces i cannot tell exactly what's going on here there's so much to it it's immediately more layered and chaotic than the other two pieces and this also i find has the most rhythm to it as it goes on there's little portions around five minutes we get like rhythmic bass propulsion and Again, it's, it is the noisiest, but it, it, there's also something there holding it together, right? Absolutely. There's some great looping, whether or not it's actually looping or he's doing something to create those rhythmic parts. It's really great. And this one also has that immediate start where generally when I think of Obe, I think of the long fade in. Mm -hmm. so many of the tapes do that so many of the tracks do that but this one is the immediate start and like you said great it is just everything at all at all times and again just using the the single source does that mean that is he running it into a couple different things i you or is it or is that one layer and then there's other things going on on top of it I 
I always operate under the assumption that it's a single source or thing to generate the sound, but the processing is fair game. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. what I think. I don't think there's any added other sound sources, but I think that you can add enough distortion or flanger or delay to something to turn it into a completely different sound. And so I think working within the limitations, we always talk here about how limitations can really fuel your creativity yes. when you when you have to find ways to make something new out of something you're you're very familiar with or the only things you have. And I think that that's part of what excited him about his process of working with these single sources and that idea is to see what he can shape them into using the other tools that he had. So this piece, uh, I it's just so noisy. It's yeah. yeah. F- it made me want to pull out a couple other things that I think of as noisier album releases, like Wired Trap, some of that kind gonna, of stuff. I, I was going to say Wired Trap. <laughs> I was going to bring up Wired Trap because in my mind, and, and actually we pulled it out to listen to it, just didn't get around to it before recording. But in my mind, that is also a heavy noise one. Yeah. You could see why this would appeal to Ron when he was yeah. submitting this. Yeah, oh, and totally. Wired Trap appealed yeah. to Pat. Mm-hmm. And so I think of these two as very heavy on the noise and again it would be probably around the same year this is 94 i want to say wire traps 95 so most likely recorded in the same era and yeah that's and, such a great one and this really is one of the reasons i was i was thinking about just these particles really talking to each other in a, yes. in a chaotic void yeah absolutely and just the the, uh, at a certain point, these emergency flares are just going off. It's just emergency, you know, a lifeline. It's just, it, it just keeps getting crazy. And then there are these crazy sounds sort of near the end, vo- vocal sounding, but then also these bubbling up sounds that just these electronic bubbles that are bursting everywhere. Yeah, it's just this. Yeah, this one is just an, this is an overwhelming one where the again the numbness is the overwhelmingness of it. And it, the, it really is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it just smashing you down with noise and with layers and layers of sound. Now, do you recall? Again, we can there we there is clip of the set up on YouTube, but in your mind. Was the opposite? Did you, did you see both of? Well, you said one was a radio show and two were were live. Were you at both of the live shows or no, just was, the C-pop show? I was only at the C-pop show. And do you recall it being heavy and and heavy noise, or was it moving more towards the, for lack of a better term, noise ambient that some of his work would start to take shape in? It's actually it's it's funny to think about only being at the C pop show because I lived at the house. Lived. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's funny. why I was yeah, yeah, laughing. Yeah, yeah. When you said Dillaway's house, I was like, that was eventually your house too. Yeah, yeah, yeah but not yeah. then. <laughs> but not then. Uh but I remember it being a lot more on the high end mm-hmm. spectrum of things, piercing, not fully layered and harsh, more singular, tonally focused. I would have to go back and listen to it. I I'd found the yeah. video, but I didn't watch it before right, we did this. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go and revisit it after this and check out the video. And of course, I will link it for anyone to watch to see a portion of his performance, at least six minutes, I think, edited down from the whatever the video was. But again, very studious, very stoic yeah. performer. 
just creating a bed of sound for all of us to listen to. And so I'm trying great. to remember who else played her. If it was just him, it might've been. No, if I, if I am not mistaken, gray, if, if I'm getting your early days <laughs> stories mixed up, you were at another show down the street and then you went and saw the OB set. Oh, I think you Fetus and Easy Action were playing next yes. door. <laughs> and so you were at the Fetus show, and then when Fetus That's finished, you so went over funny. and saw Ob. So you, pro if there was other people, you probably missed them. If yeah, I'm getting that story right, might have just been Ob too. I'm right. not. I'm not sure, but yeah, I, I think that was the night of both the, the Fetus show, which had Easy Action opening, which was right. always a pleasure to see as well. Yeah, yeah, and. uh and I was, I think, just going back and forth between, like, oh, was taking time to play or whatever. So I was going back and forth between the venues. They're on the same block. C Pop was at yeah. one in one corner, and the Magic Stick was at the other corner. So yep, it was mm -hmm. a, just walking down the block to check yep. out different gigs. Well, I would love to hear from any listeners who did get to see Ob and your experience seeing Ob when you saw Ob. Certainly, a lot of the people we've interviewed who went over to Japan got to play with Obe at, at certain times in the nineties, but certainly one that, you know, a, a big hole in mine and Tara's yes, live. Absolutely wish that yeah. that's something we could have experienced. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, Akifumi, we, Nakajima, and of course, you know, as we've discussed when we've talked about releases on gross or just talked about Obe, you know, the gross, label is just such a distinctive incredible label you can keep going back to different eras from the jewel cases to the square releases actually mm -hmm. gray you just sent a picture of something you were listening to the other day uh, on gross i believe the solotroph yes tape, mm -hmm. which is so in the cool. mind of a monster it, yeah which is so cool too i love that he worked with a variety of artists that maybe on the surface, you wouldn't think would necessarily fit the world of Obe. Of course, we always talk about the great Obe Smell and Quim collab CD. Maybe not mm -hmm. two people you yeah. think of Obe Cocky SP, right? Yeah, what's so, it gonna be? You know, you you think of that, and then and then working with people like Taint and Solotroph and Skin Crime. I mean, that that obviously totally makes sense. But yeah. but the you know just the world that he created not only with things you would think of course would fit his world, but then reaching out to other things. And, you know, speaking of something like Solotrov, even just listening to this and you, it, there is something almost power electronics about some of this, even just in the literal, th those literal two words being applied to something like this. Like mm -hmm. these are, powerful electronics and even the piercingness and the coldness you can see that and the minimalism and of the, the minimalism sound. because so you even can see, at yeah. times I, I think of these sounds as as i was trying to search for the right word other than like tidy but they're not murky it's not yeah. buried it's it's, it's none not muddy of that. The, not muddy like the sounds are very very there's a cleanliness to this yes uh, that is there but i do think that many times like the electronics on power electronics are just so focused yeah that this yeah. has that that focus and i can see that yeah absolutely so i i like thinking about some of the other things that he may have may have taken as an influence because even in interviews he's very minimal in his answers and and vague as far as some of that stuff so i like to think about mm -hmm. 
what he may have also been listening to that took him into the directions that he went into. And we still don't know what gross stands for. Right. I, as far as I know, that's, there's no information about what gross stands for. I believe we've speculated this. I've spent time on it. And yeah, I've uh, never seen know. a breakdown of it. And no, asked people have. who may know. I mean, it was so great getting to see some of those great gross packages over at Eric Hoffman's that mm-hmm. we haven't gotten our hands on, especially uh, Four Shrines being one of the most coveted. And it oh, was so great to get to so see it cool. in person. That was so cool. So yeah, just forever something that we can go back to. And to me, Ob is a very specific when you're in an OB zone, you're you're in an OB zone and you're gonna wanna pull out more OB releases and you're wanna gonna you're gonna wanna explore some of that. Maybe 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 throwing a finish off a little cyan, the ambient project, which we did an episode on, which well, is yeah. a favorite of ours over here. But also what's great about OB is of course you're gonna be able to pick this CD up directly from Triple R. So we always recommend you go directly do that. But he's got so much out there. It, it's one of those discographies that I, I swear there's there's 90 CDs that I feel every time we go in an Ob Zone that I've never heard of mm-hmm. or seen. Gets right. Right. You're like, wait, that what is that? Yeah, like yeah. I feel like there's so much. And so I really always worth anyone's time to go pick up a couple Ob CDs that you didn't remember existed or knew existed. And if it's the source that interests you or the title. You're in good hands, you know. You you can get something like pages from the book, right? The using the Bible as the source. Dazzle and, reflection, dude. Love, love yeah. that one, right? That Ooh, one's yeah. so good. Using fluorescent and glow lamps yeah. as source material. Hardy extreme. Excited, we were reading the, uh, one of the Ope interviews yes. for the first time, and he was like, "Many of my friends are doctors." Yes, and we're so like, <laughs> yes, it was a big what? talk. <laughs> Was a big talk. Is of, it K two? Like, no, who are your other well, friends? Well, right, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then we started thinking friends? about Just hanging out with doctors in Kyoto. Yeah, like, and he does say in interviews he he didn't, you know, later in time, maybe you know, in the early nineties, but eventually he doesn't listen to other noise. He doesn't listen to noise artists. I mean, again, it has to be it's somewhat true because he worked with everybody and experienced them. We, I think, he started going more towards yes. the like I said. I think he's used the term or someone describing it noise ambient. I don't know if that's really mm-hmm. the totally right term to use but and i think even with cyan he was going more towards that and i think even in interviews he was listening to some more of the minimal techno stuff yeah and was getting more into that so i feel that that's where he was headed at a certain point and speaking of where things are headed i do feel like you guys are winding everything down so this is a perfect time for me to just derail briefly Uh oh uh so you know it's just like you know and Mike's trying to go to sleep at night and I'm like bouncing out of bed. One more thing. One more thing. One more thing. The commotion. Well, prepare yourself for some commotion. It's like you got to stop. (laughs) I hear that so much. It's It's so insane. So, um, you know, I just a few things that I was very excited about while listening to this. Uh, and, and especially on purification to numbness, because the way that that's phrased is so unusual. And I liked your, your take on it, Mike. And, but I was thinking of like the, the, more like the cleansing, like the purification of everything around you to arrive at a, a good point that is numbness. And that is kind of like that, that concept of, you know, you take away your will and, and there is no suffering. Suffering is only in the will. So I was kind of in that space. Excellent. Uh, so of course, 
thinking about these cells talking and whether or not these are voices and going on all these places, I remembered that old thing that you hear in school, much like, you know, we spy, we swallow five spiders a year or not, like, true. not learning about those tasting zones on your tongue. Also right. not true. Things like that. Um, then like, or like you, if you ask a, an undercover police officer, if they're a cop, they have to say yes, that type right. of cow like, tipping is not real cow tipping. They don't really, you don't really it's knock never the happened. cows over. Anyway, we've gone into all these things in our discussions on home time, of course, but the one I hadn't thought about is when it is said that people use just 10% of their brain. Is that true, Tara? So, no, we use 100% of our brain. Use right. all of the brain. Right. Yeah. Why would you, why would, why would we only use 10% of anything in our body? Like it's just sitting there for nothing. You know, even like tonsils that people yank out and split things, all these things have, you know, some sort of purpose. And I was reading more into it and, and basically, it, it got propagated a lot because people, scientists only understood about 10% of how ah, brains function. So then it was said for a long time that people only use 10% of their brain. And then, of course, people in sci-fi novels and things would say, like, what if we could use Twilight Zone? What if we could use 100% of our brain and then we could be telepathic and we could fly and we could do all these things? And the Egyptians thought this. Like, it takes you into this whole other place. But uh, I love that I got into that, do we use just 10% of our brain zone? Well, it makes sense because he it, would use brain waves as, no. as source, but there you go. We use 100% <laughs> of brain. We don't know what the white matter does doesn't mean that you can yank it out and be okay. And I am 100% in on our love of Ob. And, and I know then you guys one more derailment well. just in case. Oh, we couldn't you do it, right? You can wrap it up. Couldn't do it. I'm going to preserve <laughs> she, the mystery. I need me, a mystery. I swear I she sees me like- I do. I can she feel it. She senses that I'm going to wrap We're it up in this perfect entangled, zone. And I know how it goes. Yeah. It's I like can, I got this great ending. It's great. And she's yeah. like- and, and here's another and it's thing. Like when, and it's like when we're doing something, and Grace heard this said before, Michael, but he's like, I oh, just do it. Just read my mind. Like, okay, I can read, I can read your mind, and I know that you're wrapping it up. So <laughs> I do expect you two to read my mind. Yes, that is true. <laughs> and Gray, too. Gray, you were oh, also yeah, expecting oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, We spent enough time together, enough time talking. It's, I expect you know. it. So if yeah. we're going to talk about particles, we've discussed dark matter, dark matter, dark energy, gravity, things of this nature frequently because. There are some of those mysteries that are still alive. So if you want to listen to Obe, who held back, giving just minimalism to preserve that mystery, to preserve those open spaces where you can fill in the blanks and just go hog wild in your mind and just, you know, run all over the place, uh, derail everything that's happening around you. Uh, so just some more exciting particle things that are just fun to think about and updated numbers, dark matter. 27% of the universe to have no clue what it is. It's nothing that can be seen, measured in any way, shape or form with any instrument, with any knowledge that we have. It can't just be something that doesn't give off light because we know what those things have and they have gravity, dark energy. 68% of the energy within the universe is not explained with science, with, with physics. And then even what is gravity? Everyone suspects that there's a particle called a gravitron. It's never been measured. It's never been experienced. It is thought that if CERN ever, the particle accelerators can make a, gravit a gravitron within the particle accelerator, that will immediately be blipped into an alternate dimension. And they can't pre 
prove that those exist either. So there you go. There's things to think about things. while listening to Purification to Numbness. Yeah, exactly, Mike. The beautiful well, mysteries of the universe. It sounds like Tara really did her homework for this episode, and I have homework for all of our listeners. Okay, let's do it. Let's let's dole it out. If you've heard this CD already, great, good. I'm really happy that you've heard Purification to Numbness. You should listen to it again. And then everybody out there, I'm certain, has an OB CD they've never heard. For me, there Magneto, you go. I already picked it. Magnetostriction. I've never listened to All that right. one. Oh. All right. Oh. Never uh, listened to oh, it. Oh, wow. Crazy. Wow, I want to hear that. Yeah. 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 So cool. that's mine. You you can pick your own. Doesn't have to all be right. the same one. I haven't heard that I'm listening to, but all we'll of our listeners, it. go listen to another Ob CD that you just haven't checked out before. We I'm I am on that, and Tara will be on that. Yeah. We'll do we'll do two since all there's right. so we'll do two. And I love that homework assignment. It's Even like Day homework. You guys entangled. have to do your homework separately. Exactly. <laughs> ex exactly. That is true. <laughs> so I'm into that homework assignment. Listen to Purification and Numbness. Listen to an OB you haven't heard. I'm so into that. And now we're going to go pop over to the Patreon and talk about some of the other stuff we've been listening to throughout the past weeks, because it has been a while since we've Many checked weeks. in on that. Decades even. That is true. Listen to Obe. You have been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 20 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noiseextra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.